0: Welcome to GYN Corner with Dr. McDaniel, all things health-related for women. Good Thursday morning. This is afternoon here, Thursday morning in the States. This is Dr. McDaniel. I'm coming from right outside of Buckingham Palace. Let me see if I can... I'm in my hotel right now. We're across the street from the palace. This is a view of the Royal Meuse, where the, the old carriage houses and the carriages and such were kept. And looking down to the street below. me. I'm in my hotel room across the street from Buckingham Palace. We'll be here uh, across the pond, as they say, for um, about a week and a half. So I'll be doing different presentations from different locales. See if I can get outside of the sunlight there. So as the title stated on the presentation, I'll be speaking on, is it possible to prevent cervical cancer? The short answer is yes. The long answer is um, depends on what you do. So the first, there are two tiers. The first tier would be uh, prevention as far as the vaccine goes. So cervical cancer is uh, one of the sort of good cancers because with the cervix we are able to detect changes that occur in the cervix before cervical cancer actually appears. And that's with the pap smear. That's why Dr. Papanikolaou won the Nobel Prize because with the us- usage of the pap smear, we're able to pick up cancerous changes before they're actually cancerous. So we call them precancerous changes, dysplastic changes, or um, the pathologists call them squamous intraepithelial lesions or cervical intraepithelial neoplasia. So the cervix is kind to us because it's easily accessible. We can exfoliate the cervix with the uh, brush and a spatula and place it on a microscope, which is the pap smear. And we're able to see the gradation from normal cervical cells to precancer cervical cells. From early precancer to late precancer and then to full blown cervical cancer. So the short answer is yes, cervical cancer is 100% preventable provided people follow the rules. Now, The second nice thing about cervical cancer is it's not inherited. There isn't any genetic link to cervical cancer. Unfortunately, it's an infection. So cervical cancer is an infectious disease, and it's caused by infection of one or more of the human papillomaviruses, or HPV. Now, human papillomaviruses, there are over 180 strains of HPV. The world's experts have whittled it down to the 14 top high risk is what we call them top or high risk strains of hpv that if left to their own devices will cause cervical cancer now there are other strains that will also cause cervical cancer but they kind of mosey to cervical cancer where if Someone doesn't have any evaluation or intervention. It may take seven, nine, even 12 years to go slowly from early precancer to very early cervical cancer. But the 14 high risk strains, those 14 strains will often, if given an opportunity, given their head, the natural history will be one to three years for them to cause cervical cancer. And of the 14, three of them, and they're identified as 16, 18, and 45, they are the most aggressive of all the strains. They're responsible for over 70 percent of the world's cervical cancers. So those top three are, um, it's almost that 80-20 rule so uh, uh, 80% of the work is done by 20% of the strains of HPV but um, because of the dynamics of cervical cancer we can intervene we can either intercept the cancerous changes before the full-blown cancer or we can attempt to prevent the changes of pre-cancer developing in the first place So as I stated, there are over 180 strains, 14 of them we know will definitely cause cervical cancer if they're active, and then the top three. So around 2003, 2004 or so, a vaccine came out for prevention of HPV infection of those high-risk strains of HPV. Now, the original vaccine, which was the Gardasil, original Gardasil, that only covered two of those high-risk strains, the 16 and the 18. And that's, as I stated, because those are two of the most aggressive back then. Those two were considered the only highly aggressive ones. 45 was added a few years later. So the original studies and the research that allowed the FDA to approve the Gardasil vaccine uh it only allowed for women up to 21 or young young women up to 21 years old to get the vaccine and that's because HPV is not just an, an infectious agent it's a sexual infection so one can only get that virus if they have intimate relations with someone who also has the virus is actively shedding and they pass it on. So the thought was that it would be given to either Uh, non-sexually active or virginal girls and then up to the age of 21 because the research showed at that time that if someone had the virus and they were 21 years or younger or less they had about an 80 percent chance or so that their body's immune system would be able to eradicate that virus from their system and if we swoop in with the vaccine uh, we can potentially prevent another infection of the HPV, at least those two aggressive strains. So it was originally allowed or um, approved for up to 21 and then an additional improvement got up to 26 because even though it's not a full-blown 80, it's a little over 70 percent. But then the research said if someone's over 26, uh, definitely over 30 years old, if they have evidence that they have the virus, HPV, their body won't be able to get rid of the virus, but they will potentially be able to suppress it. The immune system can suppress it, but they won't be able to completely get eradicated. So it was thought that the vaccine was pointless to give to anyone who was over 26 years old. Now in other countries, the vaccine was approved for all ages just because simply, as they say, a half a loaf is better than none. So maybe they had the 16, but maybe they didn't have the 18 or vice versa. So it was a better than nothing. And recently, I feel like it was earlier this year, the FDA approved the vaccine, obviously here in the States, to be given up through 45 years old. Now I have my thoughts on that, but I'll add that later. So this is the introduction. This is gonna be a, a several part series because cervical cancer and its prevention is quite involved. So this intro today is basically on the original vaccine, the. Gardasil original and uh, the reason why it was approved and why it's helpful to take it I'll go into more detail on that tomorrow I'll give a parting shot here if anyone can see it of my view from our hotel room nice double deckers and we're on we're at the, the Rubens. it's on Buckingham Palace Road Across the street, this is the view from my hotel room of part of the Buckingham Palace complex, the Royal Muse. All right, thanks again for joining me. This is Dr. McDaniel. I'm in London, England today, and I'll be back tomorrow, Friday, with more information on can we prevent cervical cancer? The short answer is yes, the long answer is, it's more complicated than that. Please check out the YouTube channel, also it's called GYN Corner. Thanks a lot, have a great Thursday, be back on Friday. Bye. Thank you for joining Dr. McDaniel at GYN Corner. All things health related for women. Please subscribe and join us again soon for another episode